is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. All right, everybody. If you've come here for the worst take of all time, the worst fantasy take of all time, you are going to get it on today's show. But first, you're going to get some very helpful advice. If you have any drafts coming up this weekend, we'll do what we can to help you out. Welcome to the show here on Friday, August 24th. Happy Friday, everybody. A preseason thriller last night, 5 nothing. We're going to talk about it and the uh, minor injuries out of that game. Adam Azer, Dave Richard, Jamie Eisenberg, Heath Cummings. Happy Friday, fellas. Happy Friday, Adam. Did you think that Baker Mayfield was going to be a week one starter at one point during that game? I did. I sure did. I did, too. Yeah. I was like, oh, boy, I got to get ready to move him up in my rankings. <laughs> Thought it was a broken left hand for Tyrod Taylor. So far, it doesn't look that way. I yeah. had written 400 words already about the Browns with Baker Mayfield. <laughs> Just deleted them. You know what? I don't think it would be such a bad thing for the Browns if Baker Mayfield started. Well, we can get into that later. We can get into that later. We gotta give, we gotta give the people some breakouts. I want two breakouts apiece from you guys, and I will tease what is supposed to be coming up on the show. Yesterday, it did not go very well. I didn't get to, like, anything in the notes, but I do have Fantasy Jeopardy in here, so I'd like to get to that. I've got some emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. We'll recap the preseason game. I'm gonna give you guys at most five minutes to talk about the game, because I know you're gonna want to talk about it for 20 minutes. Um, let's start with breakouts. Jamie, give me a breakout. Uh, Chris Hogan, I think this is going to be a huge year for him without the, uh, without two of their receivers from a year ago with Brandon Cooks and Danny Amendola gone and with Julian Edelman suspended for four games. Uh, Hogan is going to be a top 20 wide receiver this year. Ooh, all right. Uh, Chris Hogan, Chris Hogan or Corey Davis? Hogan. Dave, you have Corey Davis as a breakout. I do. I think he has, uh, the season that we were kind of hoping for last year. I think he has that now. And then maybe even takes a bigger step next year. Love, love his size, love his potential, love the offense that he's in in Tennessee and they're moving him all around. I wish he had a quarterback like Tom Brady. He doesn't. He's got Marcus Mariota, but I think he can make do with it. And I think he could, I think he's got the upside, not saying he's going to get it, but the upside of 1200 yards and seven touchdowns. If I had to project Corey Davis though, I'm going to put him at I'm going to put him at 907. I think he scores the seven touchdowns. I think he falls just short of the one game. Come on, Dave. Be bold. Fine. 2,500 yards <laughs> and 31 <laughs> touchdowns for Corey Davis. Uh, when when would you guys take Corey Davis? What's a good time for him? In a fantasy draft. Okay. Round six. I don't mind late round five. All right. So we're talking about 60th overall or so for Corey Davis. He's right in that range. Yeah, his ADP on Fantasy Pros is 69th overall. That's nice. a non-PPR. <laughs> non-PPR. Uh, he's going ahead of Michael Crabtree, who's wide receiver 28. Pretty low. Yeah, I don't like that. I mean, the only thing is if you're, if you're banking on upside, I would say Corey Davis has more upside than Michael Crabtree. Crabtree's safer. Yep. The floor is higher for Crabtree. The ceiling's higher for Davis. Uh, by the way, Richard Matthews approaching a return from the active pup list. Uh, but Delaney Walker still out with a toe injury. Heath, give me. Did you? Did you? I'm sorry. Did you see what the injury was for Matthews? No. Torn meniscus. Oh. And he had surgery apparently at the beginning of August. So, hopefully he's coming back soon. I I saw the same report you did, but I still think he's somewhat in question for week one. All right, Heath, give me a breakout. I'll go with Kenyon Drake, the guy that's going the opposite direction in ADP. I just. 
of course he's going to share work with Frank Gore. All running backs share work. I don't believe they're going to share the carries 50-50. And I don't believe that Gore is going to take anything away from him in the passing game. So I only have Drake projected for just over 200 carries. I still have him as a top 15 running back in both formats. I think he catches close to 50 passes, gets around 1,200 total yards, seven touchdowns, and he's a top 15 running back. Yeah, I think you brought it up yesterday. What you're concerned about with Drake is short yardage, right? Losing that maybe? That That's a little bit of concern, but I think the five rushing touchdowns I have for him is probably the lowest total I have for any running back with 200 carries. Okay. His his three touchdowns from last year, his three rushing touchdowns, were from 66, 42, and one yard out. I don't know that we can get much out of that. Uh, but he only had three rushing touchdowns, one receiving. Okay, hope you're right, Heath. Kenyon Drake could be a great, great value the way he's falling right now. Let's do round two of breakouts. Jamie, you gave us Chris Hogan, Dave Corey Davis, Heath, Kenyon Drake. We're going to go snake draft here. Heath, you can go first. Give me a second breakout. Well, good. Then I'll take the receiver that nobody took yet. I'll take Marquise Goodwin. And I, you wanted somebody we hadn't talked about as much, so that's really a bad one. Well, that's okay because <laughs> he's getting. Give us something new on. Well, hold on. Let's let's look at all three receivers that have been mentioned here: Hogan, Corey Davis, Marquise Goodwin. Everybody, tell me who your favorite is. Goodwin, Davis, Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> I have it. I have it ranked Hogan and Goodwin back to back, and then Davis just slightly behind them. Okay. I have all of them as top 30 receivers, but Goodwin's the only one I have in the top 25. Can can we pump the brakes on Marquise Goodwin for Why? just one second? Why? Now listen, I think I think he's definitely going to have a career year because the numbers that he has to top to have a career year aren't that high. But he's never been uh, a, a touchdown type of – he doesn't score a lot of touchdowns. And the yardage Part of that could be – I don't know how consistent he'll be. Um, I, I do like him as the number one receiver in San Francisco. I'm there with you on that. And we know Kyle Shanahan's history with number one receivers. But is they he, get a ton is, of targets. But name me those number one receivers. Uh Pierre Garcon. Andre Johnson. Andrew Hawkins. Andrew Hawkins? Yeah, he had 40 more targets than any other Brown when he was there. What were his numbers? Do you happen to know that? They were not good. Okay. <coughs> but his quarterback wasn't. And obviously G. Julio Jones was one of his guys. I think I think Marquise Goodwin is a good receiver. I think there are going to be some weeks where you start him and you love that you did, and there's going to be some weeks that you start him and you're going to say, "Why did I? Why did I spend?" A but if he has on the this guy? best year he's ever had, then you think he's going over a thousand yards? No. You, well, you, what's his high? If you project yeah, nine sixty two last year. If you project his five games with Garoppolo over sixteen games, it's twelve hundred yards. It's three touchdowns, but it's twelve hundred yards. But there's also no Garcon. Garcon. Uh, sure, but it's also. I mean, but I don't think look, Garcon's that good either. You look at. I think Garcon's actually an amazing value. Um, you, you look at uh, mm-hmm. what the um, the offense was. You know, Shanahan and and Garoppolo having a full offseason together is going to be better for him. And, and Adam, you watched the preseason game against the Texans. He was locked into Goodwin. <laughs> he was. You know, he you, was. Don't, you don't want to make too much of preseason, but Garoppolo, Garoppolo in that game was, I think, the number one. Eye-opening performance to me that this preseason, but but again, he made I mean, a throw. Well, and well, he just looked. He looked so comfortable in the offense. The preseason game the week before that, he was not as good. But I believe the first three passes he threw went to Marquise Goodwin. So it's just preseason. But these two preseason games and the five games from last year are also almost. It gets all the data we have for him in San Francisco. Well, it's, it's also it's all good one. It's also personnel. I mean, you know, the only addition that they make. Granted, you're getting Garcon back from. Uh, from injured reserve, but the only uh, free agent or only addition that they made of significance is drafting Dante Pettis, who is by no means a dominant receiver. 
he is, uh, you know, chance to be a good player, but he's more of a complimentary guy than, than, uh, a, a number one. Goodwin's not a traditional number one. I mean, they, they, they still need in the course of, in the scheme of what their offense is, a number one. But under the circumstances, he's their best bet. He, Garoppolo made two throws in that preseason game that I think we should take note of. One was an out route to Goodwin that they made all the time last year. They are in sync on this. And when it's third and eight, it's going to go to Goodwin. That's how he's going to get about 40 yards a game. The other throw he made was a deep ball. And I think it might have been the first throw of the game. I'm not sure. It might have been Goodwin's first catch. And that was a throw that Garoppolo had trouble with last year. And he hit it in this game. And if that continues, then yeah, Goodwin's going to get over a thousand yards. I'll, uh, this might be a hot take, but I think he has 2017 Tyreek Hill upside. So a thousand yards and seven touchdowns. Except he's going to get more than 105 targets, and he's definitely going to be using the red zone. I, right, I don't, right. I don't know about the touchdowns. That's the one thing that's oh, going to be a hangup. For so me. What, what would you say? He's not going to get five. Oh, I think he could get five. Can he get seven? No. Well, I, I don't think he could even get six. I think it's going to be low one thousands. I'll, I'll go ahead and say a thousands, and then five touchdowns. All right, that's Marquis Goodwin. Nice, nice discussion there. By the way, just random thought. It would be funny if Sammy Watkins, Marquise Goodwin, Robert Woods were all on the Bills uh, for two or three seasons. It would be funny if Watkins ended up being the worst of those three. It would be very strange to think. Uh, all right, uh, Dave, your second breakout. I think Derrick Henry will be in for a <clears throat> monster year. Dave getting choked up. He's so excited about it. I am. Uh Career numbers for Derrick Henry. This is in the regular season. 286 carries, 1,234 yards, nice symmetry, 10 touchdowns. I believe that he can get those numbers this year. Uh, that's Those are good stats. Um, I hope – how many carries? 286. That's a lot. But but even – I think he, he's the best back in, in Tennessee. I think he'll get the most work. He'll get the least receptions. Deion Lewis will get more of those. I'm not buying into Dion lasting 16 games again. And I think there will be weeks where Derrick Henry is going to be fed, fed 25-plus touches. So, uh, He's the type of running back I want in round three. I know you, you have Alex Collins and Henry as both breakouts. Who do you like better? I have, currently have Collins one spot higher. Okay. And, Jamie, your second breakout. I'm going to go with a rookie breakout. Ooh. Royce Freeman. Definitely going to do something he's never done before. Definitely going to do something he's never done before. But I think he's going to be a top 20 running back, and I think you're going to end up drafting him end of round three, beginning of round four. And you like him better than on Johnson, right? Yes. Okay. Unless on Johnson has a monster game against the Bucks. But no, oh. I'll, I'll still stick with Royce Freeman. <laughs> okay. I was going to ask you about him later because I want to talk about some mid-round picks if we have time. Uh, I do want to talk about the worst take of all time. Heath... How did it go over on Twitter when you gave just a dreadful, dreadful opinion? Well, um, you know, one way that people anal- analyze this is by the ratio. If you have a lot more replies than retweets or likes, then it was obviously a bad tweet. And it has a lot more likes than replies. 680 Ooh. likes on this tweet. So I'm not sure it's as unpopular as I thought it was. All right. Hit, hit us with it. Worst take ever. The worst take ever is that <laughs> league commissioners should not pay entry fees. League commissioners should not pay entry fees. Now look, hold on a second. Being a league commissioner is a pain in the butt. But to be exempt from paying the league fees and draining the pool by one twelfth, 
No. I don't think this you do is that. only because... Buy your commissioner a beer, take him out to lunch. Should, should you be allowed tip to your commissioner if you want the, the winnings? Yes, because you, it's not... People, the, the negative response I got was nobody should be eligible to win the money without putting money in. Mm-hmm. My response to that would be time is money. And the time that commissioners spend on a league, a good commissioner spends on a league, is worth more than the 25 or 30 bucks you're putting into your fee. Well, now, if it's, if it's a $150 league, it's different. Okay, it's yeah, different. if it's a small fee, okay, maybe. But I, I think, like, CBS, and I'm sure any website, makes it pretty easy to be a commissioner. Yeah. Okay, so, you would hard. Think so. so wait, let, let's, let's no, do this, let, let's so. do this logically for a second. So what's minimum wage right now? Uh, eight bucks. Eight bucks? I thought they depends on it. where you are. Some <laughs> yeah, place. So we live in Florida. What's the minimum nice. wage in Florida? I have no idea, but I'd assume it's Dave 10, has a machine. 10. Check it, Dave. Hold I, on, let me call my wife. Okay. I would assume eight that it 25. is eight twenty-five. Eight twenty-five. Okay, so eight, eight, eight twenty-five. How many hours do you think you actually spend as a commissioner? Over a full season? Yeah. I would assume that it's over six. Really? Yes. Six hours. Six hours? No way. I, like, no how many way. hours did I spend on our draft trying to get people to draft in the correct order or slow drafts six? are different. Okay, slow slow if you're if you're factoring a slow draft. If you're doing you a dynasty league or, or a keeper league where oh, you have okay. to put in keepers? I would say I, I in terms of like with the mock drafts and stuff, I probably commissioned the most leagues of, of us, right? Set up set up leagues. The setup part, yes. Okay. Um and I don't know how many leagues That's you, probably half you, an hour. commission. Two, three. You two or three? Yeah. Okay, so I do more than you. Yeah. Alright. So I would say I, I probably commissioned seven or eight leagues. Mm-hmm. I don't think I spent six hours total on all of them. No, yeah, and I guess I, like I, I'm a really bad commissioner, and that's true. I being a bad commissioner doesn't take hardly any time at all, so I definitely should pay my entry <laughs> fees. <laughs> uh, uh, I th- I think Heath's take would have been good in 1995, and I also think like <laughs> a lot of people still have live drafts. The best way to do it, right? But the they don't keep track of the stats. If the guy has to go into his newspaper twice a week, well, then he should get he should get all the entry fees. If that's the case, well, oftentimes, like, but if there was no if there was no internet, then maybe you could make the case that the commissioner gets a free pass. I mean, you probably spend an hour just sending messages to people trying to collect the damn entry fees. How long does it take you to type? I'll I'll just give you an example. Like, I'm setting up my keeper league (laughs) draft for Sunday, and I have to go back and verify. Everybody's round that they kept there because they're just telling me the the they just click in the box yeah and then I have to go and check what round they did to set up the draft which is such a pain in the butt yeah to do it it probably takes me thirty minutes it, I'll and tell you what I'll tell you pain will also and, do and, things faster than a normal human being pain well speaking yes but everything else no no no, no. Um, writing everything <laughs> it's, you it's, tend to do it faster it's painstaking to to go through that but. Six hours? Yeah. I, I'll tell you what takes six hours is, is choosing podcast league uh, contestants. And speaking of bad commissioners, Heath, how are we looking for the uh, for the people league? Everybody will have their email today. Okay. And, so, uh, Adam, uh, people are curious. How did your wife's draft go last night? Uh, I don't think it went that well. I don't think it went that well. I don't really remember the team, but yeah, she's got uh, Hopkins and McCaffrey, Stefan Diggs, and I, maybe Alex Collins. Um, hey, uh, you, uh, you should be playing your fantasy football on FanDuel, okay? Well, first of all, you should be playing on CBS, but also on FanDuel, FanDuel, you wanna play some DFS? Well, the wait is nearly over, it is time. And if you're not a fantasy expert, FanDuel is clearly the place to play. FanDuel has something for everyone, and there are more ways to win than ever, and they have a free $250,000 survivor contest. 
the biggest free survivor contest ever. Pick one team to win each week. You cannot reuse that team again for the rest of the season. You gotta sign up before week one. And if you want a $20 bonus when you make your first deposit on FanDuel, go to fanduel.com slash FFT. FanDuel.com slash FFT. That'll get you into the free $250,000 Survivor Contest. And new users get a $20 bonus when they make their first deposit. FanDuel.com slash FFT. We're going to be competing against the listeners. Remember, you can do big contests for a lot of money against a lot of people. You can do small contests for a dollar against your friends. Anything in between. They have a a lot of different types of games to play. So go to FanDuel.com slash FFT. All right, let's get moving here. i uh, got to say something about uh, the first-round running back. Saquon Barkley returned to practice, and Le'Veon Bell still has not reported yet. I guess those two are sort of question marks. Meanwhile, Dalvin Cook, not really question marks, but just to, just to put people's mind at ease, Dalvin Cook uh, could play t- tonight, which would be great. In terms of Barkley, Bell, and any other elite running back, do you have any concerns about their week one availability? No. Bravo, good. Cleveland five. By the way, I'm, I'm apparently not allowed to just give one word answer. So, uh, uh, no, I do not have any concerns about their availability. Uh, well done. Yeah, that was that was wonderful. Complete sentences are approved up in this class. I, I get yelled at. I you do not get yelled at. Okay, I do. You I'll got, say proof. I one guy. <laughs> Cleveland five, Philadelphia nothing. I want to remind everybody. Corey Kluber was awesome. The brief. <laughs> The Browns went 4-0 in the preseason last year, and 0-16 after that. Um, this was a terrible game. The offensive lines took vacations last night. Either that or Miles Garrett is a man this year. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. he's a man. Yeah, he looks great. Um, could be in line for a big season, Miles Garrett. Did you guys have any big takeaways here? God, the Eagles need healthy bodies. <laughs> <clears throat> They're in trouble. And how in the world did Nick Foles win a Super Bowl? Oh my god! <laughs> I know. Like if you're the Patriots watching that game last night, obviously the circumstances are tremendously different. Right. Like the throws he made. If if he was in the Super Bowl with that offensive line, especially after Kelsey went out and with those receivers, they they would have been trouts. It does make you wonder game. how somebody could look that great over a 16-game sample size and and not actually be as good as he looked. Well, I'll give you another idea. Could it be that the the game plan for the Eagles was well thought out and well devised in the Super Bowl, and their game plan for a preseason game was, let's get the hell out of here without anybody getting hurt? Yeah, which they barely did. Uh, Ajayi didn't play. Sproles didn't play. Jeffrey didn't play. Aguilar didn't play. So let me Wentz let me make play. this obviously Wentz didn't Jason play. Jason Peters didn't play. Hey, Jason Peters or left tackle didn't play. The AP recap said at this point Foles, the unlikely hero from last season, will likely start the season as the Eagles wait for Wentz, who recently began working in eleven on eleven drills. Uh I don't know that that's a certainty, but it's obviously a possibility. Uh, I think that a lot of people are gonna go into this season expecting the Eagles to have one of the best offenses in the NFL. Are you are you backing off of that at all? If they're all healthy, then yes, they're going to have one of the best offenses in the NFL. But we don't know how healthy they're going to be. There's also a question of how explosive they'll be. Who Who's the downfield threat now? It, it might be one same, of the running backs. It's probably the same thing that it was last year. Mike Wallace and Torrey Smith are the same guy. Mike Wallace is better than Torrey Smith. Mike Wallace is a better all-around receiver than Torrey Smith. Is he as fast as Torrey? And, I mean, what you gave up with potential speed and Torrey Smith – 
you're getting with like good hands with Mike Wallace. Well, are, are we downgrading any Eagles, or is this just a crappy preseason? I, I, can't, I think it's already I can't been done. Downgrade them anymore, right? I think it's already been done. We've got Carson Wentz as low as we're comfortable with. I'm I'm basically assuming at this point that Alshon Jeffrey's going to start the year on the pup list. There was a headline this week that he was practicing with the helmet on. That's where he's at in his development I'm, in getting I'm, ready for the season. Honestly, I'm more concerned about Aguilar at this point because we kind of know what Jeffrey's headed for. Like so, yeah. Team. So, what's up with Aguilar, right. and why and, isn't he there? And and Clement too, like he's been banged up. Yeah, so he sat. You know, two guys that I think we're all excited about based on where they're being drafted and what the upside could be. It's hard to be excited about them now. So I I think it's uh, in terms of your your question, Adam, they'll be top half. That that goes without saying. It's will they be top ten or top five? Because. You know, Dave said this a lot. You know, Carson Wentz will make his his players better, um, but he, he has to have player. I mean, you know, you can't go with the the receiving core that they have. And, and as much as they can get away with these two tight end sets, that's going to get you know figured out pretty quickly. As good as Dallas Goddard may be as a second tight end behind Zach Ertz, but um, Ajayi should be fine. You know, he he he's not really dealing with uh, a significant injury. Sproles is coming back from the ACL. He should be fine. So their running game should be okay, but. Uh, did, did we find out how bad Kelsey's injury is? Oh, he Not came yet. back. He did come back. He did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 I didn't yeah. see him come back. All right. Yeah, so that, that, that's certainly a, a Did he big come thing. back? They, 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 Can we confirm that? He came back. I, right? I, I didn't think he did because I, I, you know, when I saw him come out, I, I thought he was done, especially given the preseason. But, um, if he, if he misses any time, then that's going to be problematic. Uh, I, I think it's fine. I'm the headline, Eagles survive Jason Kelsey injury scare versus Cleaver Browns. Whether or not he came back or not, I'm pretty sure their center, Jason Kelsey's, uh, fine. Um, in terms of the Browns, first of all, Carlos Hyde had seven carries in the first half. Nick Chubb had one. So that's, uh, significant. Jarvis Landry, only three catches, but he had ten targets. No other Browns player had more than four. Uh, David Njoku seems pretty involved. But He's headed for a big year. You think so? Because because I yeah. would say this: like they they looked amazing first week against the Giants. The last two weeks, the offense. I, I feel I don't know. Maybe they're just not finishing drives, but the the numbers aren't very good. So if Njoku tried to you know hurdle fifteen people to get into the end zone, scores on that play when they you know got stopped at the one, he set them up for first and goal at the right one with that you know, dive. And and if they score, look, you know you you can critique the play calling, you know. Four tries at the one uh, passing. I just wonder if that's circumstantial. They're trying to work on things as opposed to just being dumb. Right. They didn't even try running it right. one time because a, a week, the week before they did, they they ran it in the end zone against the Bills. So I just wonder if that was let's try and you know do some situational football. Um, and they end up getting Tyrod hurt, but uh, I I think the Joku's headed for a big season. You know the the one the one thing that we just don't know is how does Josh Gordon work with all this? Right. And, you know, does he take away so much from the other guys or does he just not ascend to the heights? I think that a lot of us are hoping for, you know, it, it it's probably somewhere in between, but uh, he's going to clearly impact Landry. He's going to impact Njoku and hopefully he still does enough. And this is, I think, why anyone is excited about whether it's Tyrod or Baker or, you know, the, the, the quarterback situation in Cleveland, you're looking at all these pieces and saying this could be awesome, mm-hmm. but we just don't know how it's gonna, all going to look. I don't know if I've seen enough from Tyrod to believe that he can support Gordon and Landry and Najoku as relevant, consistent fantasy players. Because he looked great on the very first drive in the second week of the preseason and he looked good on the first drive of the first week of the preseason. But this, there have been a lot of drives with the Browns where Tyrod has been very eh. Yeah. 
See, I, 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 I understand what you're saying, and, and it's not, it's, it's, it's not a, a bad interpretation of it. But the first drive, the first two drives against the Giants, they were throwing. They were up tempo. They let him come out that second drive, and he, you know, hit five passes or four passes uh, to get them into the end zone with the touchdown to Njoku. Then he was done. Against the Bills, I mean, you were there. It was. They, it looked like it was. Let's work on our run game. It was, and and get. But then when he did throw, it was just I, I, he didn't take a lot of chances, and sure, you know, I but got then, flashbacks to Buffalo. But then last night was last night was eleven of sixteen for sixty-five yards. Yeah, but also a lot of that came after he was hurt, and so you just wonder if it was take, you know, check down passes, whatever. I'm gonna move us along and stop talking about Tyrod Taylor and ask you this: um, Carlos Hyde or Royce Freeman? It's got to be Freeman, just based on it does? potential for him to be the main back in Denver. What's the potential for Hyde to be the main back in Cleveland? Duke though? Johnson's there. Duke yeah. Duke's gonna have to get hurt for Carlos Hyde to have that role. I I have Freeman ranked higher right now. I'm gonna get very nervous about that if we see a complete split in first team touches tonight. Oh, I bet you will. I'm still taking Freeman. I, I just I I like I like the way Carlos Hyde has looked, but. There's going to be some games where he misses. There's going to be some games where you, you saw it. He had the big run. He came off the field. Chubb came in. He had a nice run. So I think we're going to see that happen a little bit more often too. It's not just going to be the way we're seeing in the preseason where it's only Hyde and Chubb's just a, a reserve. They're going to give Chubb a series or two, and he's probably going to be in that 5 to 10 carry range. We got some news and notes to get to here, so let's give some quick reaction. Marlon Mack is no lock for week one with his hamstring injury. Their first two games of the season are against two teams – that were in the in the, two of the three worst teams against fantasy running backs last year, Cincinnati and Washington. And for Cincinnati, it was mostly touchdowns, not necessarily yards. But um, all right, so Jamie got very excited on uh, on IM yesterday about Jordan Wilkins uh, with Marlon Mack potentially not ready for the season opener. He, I still think he's their best. Se- he's their second best option behind Mack. Now there is the thought of can he be their best pass blocker and pass protector comparatively to, and I'm going to throw up when I say this, Chris DeMichael. Yeah. Because he's a veteran guy that's done it. Chris Michael got a yeah? It's just fun. It's fun. Every year we get to talk about Chris oh, Michael. There's, right. there's no way they're going to put Naheem Hines back there right now. Uh, so I think you're going to see more of Chris DeMichael week one than you would probably expect because Turbin's gone, uh, suspended. They just cut Josh Ferguson. So I still think this 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 is if, if you're uh in the Josh Jordan Wilkins uh, bandwagon, this just makes him more attractive. And I want to clarify because I know that most of the reaction yesterday, and it's the way that we react to most news, but the Marlon Mack is no lock for Week One. But it is not saying Marlon Mack is not going to be ready for Week One. Yeah. But it could mean that if he does play Week One, he's limited in Week One because he's not at 100. percent Adam, do we have time for a philosophical question Absol- or not? Absolutely not. Marlon Mack or Isaiah Crowell. I'll still take Mac. I've got him back to back. I will take Mac. Mac. Do we have time for a philo- – were we going to have a philosophical question about the Colts running game? Yeah. No. Want to hear it? No, I'm gonna I don't want to hear it. I'm going to put the question out there. You don't have to answer. Fine. No, just put answer. it out there. If Robert Turbin wasn't suspended, would we draft him? Well, that is really – That's actually kind of interesting. <laughs> yes. That's yes. Kind of interesting. The answer is yes. We would 100% draft him. Uh, no. All right. Um, all right. Let's uh, move on. Next news item. Dallas guard Zach Martins insists he'll be ready for week one. Obviously, Travis Frederick uh, certainly up in the air. 
And Lyle Collins uh, was limping in practice, so they're off. Their O line's pretty beat up. They got some time to recover. There's a problem with all five starters now. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, but Tyron Smith's not a serious issue, right? No, it, but it could flare up. His back could flare up at any time. Uh, there was uh, it was said on the broadcast last night. Josh Gordon will not be a starter when he returns. Yeah, it's like that's just whatever, right? I mean, semantics kind of. You get yep. fantasy yep. points for starts. Yeah, you guys got to work his way back. Kansas City offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy said Sammy Watkins and Patrick Mahomes are starting to click, starting to sync. Yeah. And did anybody watch that game against Atlanta? Yeah. Yeah. Did anybody think that Sammy was kind of loafing it on the interception? Oh, yes. Tw- okay. Everybody on Twitter did, right? <laughs> yeah. Preseason. Uh, Odell Beckham getting closer to a new contract. Charles Sims is out for the season. Josh Rosen's day to day with a thumb. Christian Kirk could begin the season as Arizona's number two wide receiver. Are we drafting Christian Kirk? We did our top five wide receivers yesterday. Um, rookie wide receivers. Christian Kirk, do you guys find yourself drafting him? Not in a league that's only 14 rounds, but anything deeper than that, yes. Rashad Penny has gained 16 pounds since the NFL Combine. Is this a big deal? Me too. (laughs) Uh, Is this a big deal, Rashad Penny up 16 pounds? It's just not good. Well, how do we know what are the pounds fat like mine or muscle like other players? Pete Carroll was happy about it, so I'd assume they're muscle. Pete Carroll loves fat. He, He likes global warming, I bet. Like, oh, summers are so nice. Or what are what so doesn't nice. he like? Yeah, I know. Uh, Chris Carson or Carlos Hyde? Hyde. Oh, you can't. Hyde. You can't even go there. Chris Carson or Marlon Mack? And I can go there. Mack. Mack. Okay. Uh, Pittsburgh is going to run the no huddle offense more than ever this season, according to Big Ben Roethlisberger. Is that Big, Big Ben, ben top five? Top five. Is that where you have him? Yep. All right. Good for you. Uh, Baltimore may keep RG3, which would be an indication they don't feel Lamar Jackson's ready to be their backup because, you know, quarterbacks need to be able to throw. Uh, Rashard Matthews is close to coming off the pup list, as we mentioned, and Delaney Walker still out with a toe injury. And I basically have not put the SeatGeek app down for the last uh, th- three or four days as I continue to monitor prices for an upcoming event. Um, yeah, so SeatGeek's the best. If you need tickets, you want to, you know, planning a, a last-minute night out, uh, you want to find a good gift for somebody, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, and it's all fully guaranteed. You know, there's nothing like being in person at a game, at a concert, wherever. SeatGeek's going to get you closer to the action for a great value, and I really, truly do use it all the time. In this case, we're looking at a college football game, trying to get there. Um, I downloaded the SeatGeek app a couple years ago at this point, and I, I've told so many people about it because I consistently find the best prices on SeatGeek. And we'll save you an additional 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase with the promo code FFT. So just download the SeatGeek app, search for your event, find the tickets you want. Every seat is graded based on value. You can find the best deals. You can sort uh, with or without the fees so you can see the full price. I, I love that feature. And use the code FFT at checkout for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Again, download the SeatGeek app, and the code is FFT. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. All right, what do we got here? We got uh, rankings disputes. I think I'm ready for that. But I would like to read one email because I think it's fun. It's from Joel. Where's Joel from? Sias in New York. Oh, wow. A lot of Long Island lately. What is your expectation for Mark Ingram once he gets back from suspension? Top 15 running back? Who do you typically pair with him to cover the first four weeks? 
Jamal Williams has been one of my targets for that. Um, in our podcast league, I took Chris Carson because I think he'll have some opportunities early in the season um, with Rashad Penny banged up. Uh, How about Peyton the Beefcake Barber? And Peyton Barber, that's the other one. You know, Again, just with what their early season workload should be. But I will say this. Go get Jonathan Williams. He's cheap, he's late, and he's going to get that uh, that second situation, that second spot behind Alvin Kamara. Yeah, I think um, I think probably Barber and Williams are the cheapest, so those would be the guys I'd I'd be most interested in pairing. And just to answer the first part of the question, I think it's important to look back at what he was after Week Five last year. He was a number four running back in PPR scoring, and he outscored Christian McCaffrey number eight by sixty fantasy points. He's going to win a lot of people leagues because you're getting what could be a number one running back in round five. That's five fantasy points per game better than the number eight running back. Wow. So in his last seven games, Mark Ingram only averaged 12 carries per game, but he also had four catches per game. So 16 touches per game, and I know he's not playing 16 games, but just to understand the pace, that would be a 256-touch pace, and that's very good. So you give him 12 carries and four catches, of course we can't guarantee that, but it seems fairly realistic. Uh, that is still a lot of touches. Maybe he's going to be better in PPR. Um, it, you know, he still had, I'm assuming, a pretty high touchdown rate, right? He scored one touchdown per game. I have him projected for just over a 1,000 total yards and seven touchdowns, which is a lot more valuable over 12 games than it is over 16. I think you're probably looking at what, I don't know what I'm projected for, but I would say probably 220 total touches. Uh, I've got him for 246, so a little over that. Okay, so let's split the difference, say 230, 235. Um, he's probably going to score eight touchdowns. Seven is what yep. I got, so yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty good for a 12-game stretch. And so, yeah, like if you like... And just imagine, though, look, Alvin Kamara's going to get a lot of work. If he doesn't hold up to a lot of work early in the season, and Ingram comes back and gets all those touches, don't want to predict that, obviously, but he could be... He, he, he's going to win a lot of people. Either. I've been taking him in the fifth round, and I'm I'm starting to think maybe I should take him in the fourth. Whenever I have a swing pick, I take him at the end of round four. Okay, so what I was going to say is if you like maybe Rex Burkhead, let's hope he's healthy, um, on Johnson, Marshawn Lynch, there are really a ton of running backs that we could list right now. Just as a number two running back for the first four weeks. Like let's say you only take one running back, and then Ingram is your number two, and then you go with – Lynch or, or carry on if he, if he's, you know, his ADP is probably not 100% right because it's going to keep going up. Um, you take, uh, I said Burkhead, right? Carlos Hyde, you might be able to get, uh, Jamal Williams. Isaiah Crowell has a nice schedule his first two games. Maybe a Colts running back. There are think, enough think, guys think, to Adam, in the blanks. Adam, the way to sum it up is anyone that has a, a situation where you could see them losing carries at the end of the year or middle to the end of the year, but has a, a, a what seems to be a, a stronghold on the job to start now. Yeah. The only one I would question is pairing Ingram with Chris Carson and expecting Carson to be your starter because he does open at Denver. Well. He's going to get work. Yeah. Whether it's successful work or not, he's going to get work. At Denver. Right. He does, at Denver, at Chicago, Dallas, at Arizona, and the Rams. And the, Chicago and Dallas might not jump out at you, but these five teams – could be very good against the run. The Rams were actually were the only one last year that weren't good against the run. So we, we've pointed it out. The Seahawks appear to have, on paper, a tough schedule, tough run schedule to start the year. It's worth mentioning. He's still going to get the, work, the, though. The, the best thing you could do is get Jonathan Williams. Like, instead really? of just trying to, you know, because, manage your roster with the middle round picks. But what if, but what if Jonathan Williams, like, what if he gets like eight carries, 
30 yards, doesn't score. Like, we can't expect him to just be Mark Ingram. Then uh-huh. it's going to be all the better for Ingram when he comes back. Obviously, uh, he's not at the same level of Ingram and, you know, is not going to put up Ingram-type numbers. But he's going to get probably 8 to 10 carries and maybe a catch or two. And so if you just don't want to spend the capital on somebody to try and find that replacement, like, you should obviously take backup running backs that you think are going to be successful. But if you're not necessarily doing it with the idea of, oh, I have to get an Ingram replacement in round six or round seven, you could get John Williams in the double-digit rounds, and at least you know you're getting somebody who's going to get work in that beginning part of the season. Well, the guys that you're getting to replace Ingram in round six and seven are going to be valuable to your team anyway. So I, I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I understand that, but I think the point would be to just don't chase that. Let's do a few rankings disputes. Dave and Jamie have Saquon Barkley in their top six overall, overall players, not just running backs. Heath has Barkley 12th in non-PPR and 16th in PPR. So, Damey, tell me why Barkley is a top six pick. Actually, I think it's more interesting if, Heath, you tell me why you have him 12th in non-PPR and 16th in PPR. Most of this is just me being more than happy to take receivers at the end of the first round and the start of the second round, I think is is a large part of it. But also, I don't have Saquon Barkley in my top six at running back. So, when comparing him to guys like Melvin Gordon, to guys like Kareem Hunt— I, he does have more upside. He's also has a lot more downside. I've not been convinced by what I've seen from the Giants offensive line yet this preseason that they are really that improved. And I'm not sure that they're going to have a great defense. So I, I think there is a chance that we, Saquon Barkley doesn't have quite as much success. I, I don't think there's any question he's going to break the big runs like he did on that first carry. But there may be a lot of carries that look like his next three where he's running into the back of his offensive lineman. But that's typical for a lot of running backs around the NFL. I'm, I don't want to miss out on this guy, this guy's career, frankly, and certainly not his rookie year. I, I think he's got everything that you want in a running back that you would take in the early part of this draft. I think he's going to get a ton of work. I don't think he's going to share that much. I don't think there's a down or distance that you're not going to see him on the field for. He's big, strong, fast, good hands, can block. He can do everything. And the Giants picked him not to sit on the bench and split carries with Jonathan Stewart. It's yeah, but, not gonna but, happen. No, and Kareem Hunt's not going, going to. Happen. Kareem Hunt's not splitting carries and Melvin Gordon's not splitting carries. Like, I, well, I, I don't think so, but that one I'm not sure of. Point is, we've got a running back who's going to get over 300 touches. We've got a running back who's going to work the goal line. I don't is think he in a dynamic we offense? Differentiated oh, him from Gordon I, I gotta tell you something actually, because I never got a chance to mention this, but Jonathan Stewart has been used on like third and one and maybe even fourth and one. And Barkley didn't play in the second preseason game. But I am 70% thinking that that uh, Barkley's going to get short yardage goal line work. But I do think there's a chance that they justify Jonathan Stewart's existence. Well, they, they did. There was a report that Stewart may not make the team. Right. All right. Well, if he makes the team. Like, you're right, Adam. But there's there, there's a chance that. You know, they may have to make a decision between him and Gallman and Gallman's skill set. Uh, Gallman's better for sure. Yeah. And, and to be clear, this is a rookie running back that I'm saying in both formats should be picked in the top 16 picks. I'm not saying Saquon Barkley is bad at all. Yeah. Okay. I just, yeah, I, I don't think he is as safe for sure as Gordon. Yeah. And I'm not sure he has a lot more upside. Well, unfortunately, the, uh, sorry, Jamie, I just want to say you can't watch Barkley on NFL Game Pass this week, but you can watch any other running back that's going to actually be playing. And NFL Game Pass is really great. Every out-of-market preseason game live. Now is the time to take advantage of this offer for you, by the way. 
a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass, sign up at NFL.com slash fantasy football today. NFL.com slash fantasy football today. Get a seven-day free trial and watch all these preseason games. It could really help you uh, get ready for your draft. If you don't think you have time for the preseason games, you can watch them in condensed mode, and you will have time to watch as much as you want. So if there's a player out there or a game out there that you want to watch, I'm going to be definitely watching the Lions backfield and seeing what it is. Because Amir Abdullah started last week. Let's get it. Let's get some more carry on Johnson in there. Let's see how Royce Freeman looks this week. Going to get some good indications and do it all on NFL.com slash fantasy football today. Sign up for Game Pass. Seven-day free trial. Uh, again. You can kick off the 2018 NFL season with a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass at NFL.com slash fantasy football today. Game on. All right, let's move to our next one here. Um, Heath has Drew Brees ahead of Deshaun Watson. Drew Brees ahead of Deshaun Watson. Dave, is that crazy? Yep. It's nuts. Um, let's just go back to what – Jamie and Heath got done saying about Mark Ingram and how good he's going to be this year. And we know that Alvin Kamara is going to be great this year. And what did we see last year from the Saints? We saw Drew Brees throw uh, about 150 fewer pass attempts than the year before. We saw low touchdowns. Even if he bounces back, I don't think we're going to get peak Drew Brees. I think he's going to be better, but I don't think he's going to be amazing. Sean Watson has a chance to be just unreal. I don't think he's going to have the type of efficiency that he had last year, but I think he's going to be a couple of touchdowns per week, 225 to 250 yards with gusts up to 300, 350. (laughs) I think you're going to see Deshaun Watson have a lot of monster games uh, because I just think that that's the way the Texans are going to roll. They know that he's the future. They've rebuilt the offense around him. His upside is much higher than Drew Brees's. I will say if you play anywhere other than CBS, shame on you. But if you play anywhere <laughs> other than shame than CBS, I would pick Deshaun Watson over Drew Brees. But the, in a league where passing touchdowns are six points, I think Brees throws one more touchdown than Watson does this year. And in a league where interceptions are worth negative two and not negative one, I think Watson is right there with Patrick Mahomes amongst the most likely quarterbacks to lead the league in interceptions. How many attempts did you project for Drew Brees? 577. Wow. So he's bouncing right back to where he was. Well, no. He was over 600 for like six years in a row. Okay. So he's going to drop by 25. That's like one and a half target or pass attempts per game. But what did he have last year? He had like 540. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, Jamie, let's get you uh, involved here on a rankings issue. Uh, Well, you have Evan Ingram as your number nine tight end. Heath has Ingram eighth. Dave has Ingram fourth. So, Jamie, you and Heath are, are low on Ingram. You're the ex- absolute lowest on Evan Ingram, number nine tight end. Are we Hamey? Is that how it works? Hamey, Hamey. yeah. Or I like Jeeth. Jeeth, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go ahead, Jamie. Talk about Evan Ingram. I think he's a good player. I think he's uh, in, in a good situation, but his targets are going to come way down. Um, you know, he had 116 targets last year. That was with Beckham only playing in the first, uh, well, four of the first five games. Um Shepard was in the lineup, and obviously, as we just talked about, Saquon Barkley not on the team. So I think his uh, his his we haven't projected. I think I don't know what you have, Heath, but I, I saw our CBS projections like 70 catches, 700 yards, and six touchdowns. Um, I would say the catches and yards are high. Uh, I can see him scoring six touchdowns, but I don't think he's going to be a top five tight end. And I'm a little concerned about him finishing inside the top ten. But it's hard to overlook his talent. Uh, I just think target share is not going to be there for him, given what the other guys are going to be. 
around him. Yeah, I've got him for 59, 6, 60, and 5. Yep, that feels right to me. Yeah, I'm going, I think he's got the, I, it's a very tough call now between him and Trey Burton, but I think he still has a ton of upside. I think he does get over 100 targets. I think his efficiency goes up as well. Last year, he had a lot of drops. He was counted on basically as their de facto number one receiver for a bunch of games. He had at least seven targets, I want to say in three of four games with Odell Beckham. And I think that's going to continue. The coverage isn't going to be the same as it was last year because Odell's on the field, because Saquon's on the field. And I think he's still going to be a big-time target in the red zone, much to the dismay of Saquon Barkley and Odell Beckham owners. But I, I think that he's a, a key part of the Giants. His practices have gone really well the past few weeks. I know there was one day early on in training camp where he had drops. Uh, I don't believe he's had another day like that since. And this is an offense that I think is going to be very good this year. And he's part of the reason why I think it's going to be very good. So if I find him around six-ish, seven-ish, I'm I'm happy to take him to be my starting tight end. And let's just check real quick on Evan Ingram's ADP. 65th overall, so that would be mid-round six. six. Yep. Okay. Uh, we're going to get into mid-round picks right now. Here's what we're going to do. We've got 15 minutes left. Uh, we're going to do our favorite mid-round picks and how we navigate the middle rounds. And we're going to do Fantasy Jeopardy because I think it's fun. I think people will have a nice time to send them off into the weekend with a smile on their face. All right, mid-round picks. I'm going to define them as round five to like, I don't know, eight or nine in a 12-team league. So we're talking about pick 49 overall in the next next 50-ish picks. Okay, We don't have to be too specific about it. But starting with uh, round five. So do you guys like uh, – there are different ways to approach this exercise. Do you want to fire away with some of your favorite mid-round picks? Maybe what position you tend to draft there? Obviously, the guys that we mentioned at the top of the show, like Chris Hogan, Corey Coleman, Royce Freeman, uh, Marquise Goodwin, they're going to be among our favorite mid-round picks. They were the breakouts. Ew, wow, big, in. big, big Freudian slip there by you. What did I say? Corey Coleman. Oh, Corey Davis. Corey Davis. <laughs> I thought you were being funny Coleman. there. I was waiting for the laugh. Yikes. <laughs> Thank you for picking up on that. Um, so yeah, uh, well, Heath, take it away. Once we get to round five, what are we looking at? Well, I think the running backs we're looking at are guys that we have talked a lot about. It's on Johnson. It's Mark Ingram. It's Jamal Williams. There are a lot of those Carlos Hyde guys that, I mean, you look at ADP. Right now, Carlos Hyde's at 89 and he's tied with Jamal Williams. Like that's the eighth round yeah. that those guys are available. Still somehow behind Ronald Jones, but he'll fall behind them eventually. So when when would you take that. when would you take Hyde and Jamal Williams? The eighth round is probably not going to happen, and certainly in our drafts. But with sixth round, is that okay? Right. The problem is with Williams because normally we look at these and you can make the adjustment. Yeah, Carlos Hyde's risen thirteen spots as of late, so yeah, he's not going to be there. Jamal Williams has fallen six spots. He might be. I would still be happy taking either of these guys in the late fifth, early sixth round. Okay. Um, Dave, let's talk about the tight ends here. I know you love to get Zach Ertz, but if you don't get Ertz. There's a bunch to go after. a lot, yeah. This is a good time to go at. We just got done talking about Evan Ingram. I think he's a great mid-round pick, and I like Trey Burton a lot too. Those guys are going to be, in my rankings, they might as well be 4A and 4B. I really think that they both have the type of upside and the type of ability to get you to that eight-point fantasy mark in non-PPR from a tight end because of touchdowns or yardage. Whereas, there, you know, Jimmy Graham is an example of somebody who you're probably going to need a touchdown from 
in order to get 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 fantasy points from him. He's not going to have a lot of games with 70-plus yards. Uh, Greg Olson's in this mix for me, too. I think I, I think this is a great topic uh, or a great point to make that if you do decide to not take a tight end with one of your first three picks, rounds five through seven, maybe a little later, you can find one of those four tight ends I just named, Ingram, Burton, Olson, Graham, and be very happy to have one of those guys on your team. I, I wonder about Burton's ADP because right now uh, Trey Burton— It's way low, isn't it, it? Yeah, it's round eight, so I just this second looked at MFL 10 ADP since Monday, and it's still 88th overall. It's so steal. Burton is Burton is a great value there. Yeah, but I'll tell you what. Enough people do fantasy research. There's going to be one or two guys in every draft that know that that ADP is too low, and they're going to they're going to jump on him by the end of round six. But when we get past the mid round tight ends, Graham, Olson, Ingram, Rudolph, Walker, Reed, Trey Burton, that's only ten when you combine them with the top three who are early round picks. After those ten, you've got Najoku, you've got Kittle, Colts tight ends, Eifert, Bucks tight ends, etc. Is it imperative for you guys to get a top ten tight end, or are you okay with Najoku, Kittle, etc., like the guys I just mentioned? Yes, I'm okay with those guys. Because of the value you're getting them at. Absolutely. I mean, I, I was a little surprised to get Njoku in our 14-team PPR league, where I did, round 10. Um, Kittle is, is obviously falling because he's not playing, but you know, if, if you like the 49ers offense, he's probably going to lead them in red zone targets, which he did a year ago. Um, and so you're, you're, you're looking at those guys, and, and then uh, obviously Jack Doyle is still going to have a significant role based on what it appears. Um, you, you have... You know, the Hayden Hurst, Ben Watson, um, Mike Gusecki, you know, these guys are all going to have a, a, a role at some point, and maybe a significant one. So you don't have to reach for a tight end if you don't want to. Just finish up tight ends. How are you feeling about Jimmy Graham right now? Touchdown or bust, but it could be a lot of them. I, I'm, I'm pretty excited. I don't, like, he, he might get hurt, but if he doesn't get hurt, I have a hard time seeing how he doesn't score seven or eight touchdowns. Do you think that it's smarter in these mid rounds, five through eight, five through nine, whatever, starting with pick 49, um, 12 team league? To focus on upside, focus on safety, consistency, none of the above. Does that factor in at all? Depends on what your team looks like, I think. Yeah, it's a combination of the three um, or two, I guess, upside and safety. But it depends. Like if I've got Tyreek Hill and Josh Gordon earlier in the draft, I'd probably like a little bit of safety. Sure. And then who would be a guy that gives you safety? Oh, I mean, you know. Like if you're looking at tight ends, I would say Olsen gives you safety. Um, you know, the running backs, it's probably, uh, you know, you're, you're looking at Hyde over Williams and Freeman and Carrion Johnson. Uh, Marshawn Lynch is probably better than Rex Burkhead and Marlon Mack. Crowell over Mack, I think. Crowell, sure. Uh, to, to go back to the previous question, you know, the receivers, you're probably looking at, uh, you know, guys like, like Robert Woods. Um, mm-hmm. trying to think of like Marvin Jones. You like know. somehow Larry Fitzgerald's available in the fifth round according to our ADP, so that would be a guy that's pretty safe. That's it's crazy. funny. I did a uh, when I left yesterday on on Thursday show. To, it was for a uh, Phoenix sports radio station, CBS Sports Radio affiliate in Phoenix, and they were asking me about the Cardinals guys, and they said everybody here takes Larry Fitzgerald at the end of the first round, beginning of the second round. I go, everybody in the nation does not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's how fast know, can I get out to Arizona but, for some fans? Well, they crowds. they were just talking about like you know guys that are stalwarts that and, you know similar to what you're asking Adam, like safety, you know guys that are stalwarts that you know just continually get overlooked you know i brought up philip rivers and um 
you know, Fitzgerald is obviously one. And they were like, oh, yeah, he goes in the first round on here. Everybody wants to get him because they just love him. <laughs> All right, let's finish with this. Rank these three wide receivers. Will Fuller, Cooper Cup, Jamison Crowder. What's the format? Uh, Will Fuller, Cooper Cup, Jamison Crowder in uh, PPR. Crowder, Cup, Fuller. The exact opposite for me. Uh, Crowder, Cup, Fuller. Is Fuller a breakout candidate for you guys, like a legit one? He is a breakout candidate, yes. Absolutely, but, you know, he's not going to get a lot of catches. He's extremely touchdown dependent. He averaged, well, I think it was 17 points per game with Deshaun Watson in standard scoring and two points per game without him. (laughs) I think he was on, like, a 49-catch pace. With Deshaun Watson, yeah, but so he, no, yeah, but he also was on like a twenty-eight 20 touchdowns. forty-nine touchdowns. Yeah, he is, he's wide receiver Jimmy Graham. Adam, we talked about this uh, <laughs> it, after the the Superflex uh, league where I took him as my third receiver behind Antonio Brown and, and AJ Green, and I'll say the same thing about him. Like Josh Gordon, if those guys hit, you win your league. If the yeah. rest of your team is in good and shape, if they if they miss, you don't lose not, your league. Right, that's you know? the thing. So they're, I do they're, like they're taking at least totally home run picks. At least one my mid round picks. At least one of them's gonna gotta be a high upside guy. You don't want to play sure. it too safe. For sure. In, in non PPR, I would take Fuller over both those guys. But when you get the catches that count, they're, they're going to be more involved in their offense. All righty, fellas, let's play some fantasy Jeopardy. Yes. Here we go. Let's see how we can screw we're this up. Ta- we're in the table again. Uh, no. Here's how we're gonna do this. Um, okay. when you are ready to buzz in, you're just gonna say your first name. It's gonna be really fun. The, like Heath, that's, a, that's how it's gonna uh, work. So I say Heath. Yes. Okay. <laughs> can, can I say somebody else's name if I want them to answer? You could, yeah. Uh, that actually would be a, that would be a very funny. Um, okay, so the, we have three categories: quarterbacks, running. Wait, wait, hold on. Everybody, put your laptops down. No cheating. Put it down. Come on. Okay. Well, I like it. Might I like he's taking it seriously. Huh? Might be too late. Oh, Dave saw the answers already. Oh yeah, crap! Adam the answers. I sent the, the answers. You were a terrible. Heath, host. Did, did you see, see it? The I, I didn't see it. I saw well, at least I saw the quarterbacks. <laughs> I sent the I, answers. like I follow along the notes in the show so that I can be prepared to answer the questions. You, you, too. Going to ask me. you didn't see the running backs or receivers. I did not see running backs or, or receivers. Or passing game. All right, so I we'll saw do the those headline passing game. We'll do we'll know. do those categories. We'll do those categories. Uh, running back. We have we now have six questions, and only Jamie and Heath are competing. How <laughs> good I can put my laptop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can come back. Can I ask the questions? Can I be Alex Trebek? Uh, How could we not let Adam host? He does such a great job of hosting these game shows. Oh, my God. This is why I'm a bad commissioner. All right. The categories are running backs and passing game. We have a a 200, a 400, and a $6 question for each. Jamie, the board is yours. Running backs or passing game for a dollar amount? Running backs for 200. Out of Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt, and Leonard Fournette, this 2017 rookie running back led the pack in fantasy points per game in non-PPR. Anyone? Jamie. Jamie? Who is Cream Hunt? Cream Hunt is that correct! That is correct! $200 to Jamie. Okay, board is yours. Running backs for 400 A top 10 running back in non-PPR in two straight seasons. This ball carrier averaged 20 carries per game in his first eight games, but only 14 carries per game in the final eight games of the season. Jamie. Jamie? Who is Devontae Freeman? You just lost $400. So Jamie's at negative 200 now? Yep. You're currently winning. Yes. Heath, do you have a guess? This, this running back, first eight games, 20 carries, last eight games, 14 carries per game. 
and he's been top ten in non PPR two straight years. I'll just stay in the lead. Thanks. Okay. I I was uh, this is one I didn't remember the answer for, so I was going to guess Mark Ingram, which would have been wrong. It is Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard, 14 carries per game in the final eight games of the season, but it did not coincide with Tariq Cohen carrying the ball more. I think they just like were getting blown out sometimes and for whatever reason didn't have a lot of carries. There was a little news, uh, Matt Nagy saying that he is, Jordan Howard's not coming off the field on third downs. Oh, hey now. I don't think they're happy with Tariq Cohen. I know that the interception that Trubisky threw in the last preseason game was on Cohen running a bad route. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a new change. I'm gonna make a change to the rules. I'm not gonna penalize people for wrong guesses. What? So Jamie, you're still at 200. Well, I would have guessed this yeah. happens in the middle but, of a game but show. But you wouldn't have gotten it, it, it right. Is, it is. Alex Trebek's like, oh, now this you can time, make, I love this you can rule. answer any way you want. You can make a new rule. It cannot apply retroactively. This is the, this is the best rule ever. No, Wheel, I, Wheel of Fortune introduced. No, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll tell you no, what. I'll tell you what. This is the 22 voting, uh, process here. I'll be fair. Jamie's winning 200. I'll split the difference and put Jamie back. No, no, no. I'll put it back at zero. No, Heath is right. Heath is right. I'll put it back at zero. All right. Uh, Jamie, the board is still yours. I can't wait to hear how you, like, parent your child. Running backs for 600. Running backs for 600. The amount of games in which Devontae Freeman had 12 or fewer carries. So it's not 20. Heath. Heath. Five. Incorrect. Sorry. Uh, Ten. Also incorrect. Also, you guys are not answering the form of a question, so you're all disqualified for everything. But Can I answer? Can I answer? Yeah. What is nine? What is nine? That is correct. Yes! I'm winning. Dave is on the board. Yeah, nine games out of – how many did he play? He played 14, Freeman, mm-hmm. but uh, got hurt early in one. But that counted in the nine. Nine out of 14 with fewer than – with 12 or fewer carries, and he scored double-digit fantasy points in non-PPR in one of those nine games. Very strange year for Devontae Freeman. Well, I think I like Howard better than Freeman. I've been on that for a while. Yeah. Um, I, that that stat is going to scare the pants off people from drafting Devontae Freeman. Well, it shouldn't happen, but where he's being drafted, he's being drafted 18th overall. Yeah, it's that's, too soon. He's too he's soon. a round three guy, if you ask me. He's always been that way. I love that he's given you at least 1180 and seven touchdowns each of the last three seasons. That's That seems like his floor. Okay, uh, passing game is the category 200, 400, 600, and Jamie, the board is still yours. <laughs> uh, 200. He had more touchdown catches than yards per catch. More touchdown catches than yards per catch. Heath? Heath. Who is Jarvis Landry? Yeah, you got, got it! it! Alright, Heath Cummings, 200 for Heath, and we're tied at 200. Uh, that what? I just thought was a fun. Stat. You said you were putting Jamie back at zero. Oh, that's right, two hundred to zero. Two hundred. So what? Zero. What happens when somebody misses a question? No, because they, no way. He's, he's got one wrong. Yeah, no consequences. He's got one wrong. Jamie's gotten two wrong. No, but I didn't lose money because I was second person answer. <laughs> uh, no consequences. No consequences. All right. I so, say it's too late now. It's no consequences, and the <laughs> only the only losers are the listeners. <laughs> All right, we got uh, pa- passing. Okay, uh, Heath, the board's yours. Passing game for four or six. Let's let's just go for it. Passing game for six hundred, please, Alex. No, 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 that's not it, Dave. That's not the daily double. <laughs> you told me <laughs> because I thought he was going to go to four hundred. That's the daily double. The passing game for six hundred. <laughs> this team led the NFL in passing yards per game. Heath. Heath. 
Who are the Chargers? Oh, Heath is 800 to nothing right now. No, no, no. That was the daily double. No, it was not the daily double. I made the noise. That's the daily double. I can't make that noise. Heath, we have one category left, and it is the daily double. No, no, no. We just had it. You're changing the rules What is the score? Dave, shut up. The score is 800 to nothing. How did I lose money? (laughs) All right, fine. You know what? I'll be generous. 800 to 200. Heath, passing game for 400. Uh, okay. How much would you like to wager? It's your daily double. Five hundred, please. Five hundred. That is so weak. Wager, <laughs> wager six hundred. Okay, five ninety nine. Five ninety nine. <laughs> he led the Rams in catches last season. Dave, who is Todd Gurley? <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> That's one of the talking points on Gurley. Dave, you that... can't answer, especially it, when. But it's I, the daily I even do that without having to look at the. Dave didn't the answer. Dave said his name, and then I answered. I know. All right. Hey, congratulations, Heath. You won Fantasy Jeopardy. Are you interested in the quarterback questions, or should we just end this debacle now? We could do the quarterback. But Jamie's the only one who didn't see the quarterback No one remembers them anymore. Jamie, he was the number two quarterback in four-point-per-passing touchdown leagues last year. Russell Wilson. I think you mean who is Russell Wilson. I know you are incorrect. He was number one. Who is Cam Newton? Who is Cam Newton is correct. Uh, $400. A top 13 quarterback each of the last two seasons. He typically goes undrafted. It's my arch. This is like my the arch nemesis. This is like the number one talking point for people. You who know, you know side. who, you know who would get like, this answer if, right is Pete Prisco. Pete Prisco would get this. Oh, Blake one. Bortles. Who, who is Blake Bortles? Jamie lost $400 for not answering the <laughs> question. I, and, all right. Like, like our audience, I gave up on this game about five minutes. Yeah. This is, this is the last, this is for all the marbles. Go ahead. Oh yeah. This, this is for a thousand dollars. This is for $1,200 to beat Heath. Uh, actually. No, this I, is for, for $2,000 to beat him. And I, oh, wow. This is for the game. This is family feud style scoring where everything that just happened before doesn't really matter. Yes, Point exactly. values are triple. Here we go, Jamie. You ready? Yeah. Still <laughs> looking for his first 4,000 yard passing season. This quarterback scored more than 20 fantasy points in six point per passing touchdown leagues only once after week two. Derek Carr. Who is Derek Carr? I'll allow it. Jamie wins. He's great that round. That great is round, really Jamie. the worst game you've ever. Like you're a worse host than a commissioner. Uh, but at least I don't have to pay my league fees. Gotta go by. I'm the commissioner. Thanks Bob everybody. Barker is rolling over in his house in Malibu right now. Everybody enjoy your weekend, and uh, we will. T- oh, we'll talk to you on Saturday night. Eye on fantasy football. And Are we gonna play fantasy Jeopardy on the radio, Adam? I think I'd lose the radio show if we did that. So uh, we'll talk to you Monday, everybody. If you're drafting, good luck. See you then. Na 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 na. na. <laughs>